Hey there, thoughtful listener. What is your number one lead generation blocker? Head to upmyinfluence.com slash quiz to find out right now. That's upmyinfluence.com slash quiz, and I'll share why you aren't getting the intros and sales you deserve. We're also actively seeking guests for this daily commercial-free entrepreneur wisdom podcast. Agency owners, consultants, coaches, and B2B service providers, head to upmyinfluence.com slash guest, and I'd love to promote your expertise to our amazing audience. Let's get on with the show. With us right now, it's Fernando Campos. Fernando, you are the co-founder of Marketplace Ops. You're found on the web at marketplaceops.com. Fernando, thank you so much for joining us. Thanks for having me, Josh. Excited to be here. For those who, who are not able to see the video, just kind of listening to the sound of our voices, <laughs> I'll point out that Fernando has one of the biggest bookshelves full of books that I've ever <laughs> seen from a guest. You read a <laughs> lot of books, my friend. Well, I try. Yeah, you either read them or they make great decorations. I try. I try. Yeah, read most of them. Still, still going through a lot of them. Yeah, tell us what Marketplace Ops is. So we're one of the leading Amazon strategy firms. So we help a lot of brands, manufacturers, basically scale on the platform. Just generally, you know, retail is very, very different than having like your own .dot com website or D 2 C. And then uh, relative to Amazon, there's a lot of kind of just nuances to to performing really well on the platform. And so we specialize specifically on Amazon.com and then Walmart.com for in the US. Yeah. Um and yeah, you have you've worked with some great clients. Uh matter of fact, I'm on your website right now, marketplaceops.com. Would you mind maybe um uh, maybe talking about some of the clients that you've been working with and and you know what was the problem that they may have had that they you know that they needed to fix and then they're like a perfect, perfect case use study for you or case, you know, kind of, you know, kind of a perfect client for you. For sure. Yeah, it's a great question. So I would say that a lot of the time we'll see brands, you know, maybe they have like anywhere from like a founding team, like maybe one or two co-founders up to like maybe five, six, 10 employees. And they know that there's just so much to do, right? Between like product development, between um, scaling on Amazon, you know, kind of building the brand, working out their website, going into retail. And so they'll often look for partners that will help them basically take care of one channel. And then that way they can kind of focus their efforts on other areas. And so like one of the case studies on the website is, is Real Mushrooms. I think when we started, they were probably doing around like two or three million a year. Mm. Um, they had phenomenal products. They had been in kind of in the mushroom space, importing mushrooms for probably 30 years. So they they knew the product better than everyone else. But at, at the end of the day, like, you know, with like a small team, it's really hard to balance all these different things, even just on Amazon, right? Between nailing the content perfectly, like your advertising strategy, right? Your supply chain, support, all of that kind of stuff. And so they came to us and we're like, hey, we want to scale. We know we have the best product out there, but like we're not necessarily um, doing the best job at marketing. And so I, that's really where we kind of come in. Uh, we do like an entire audit on the entire business, figuring out like kind of where the um, the missing gaps. And then our team will create like a strategy or like we work on an OKRs. So we'll create like an OKRs for the client, like objective key results. And then they kind of sign off on it and then we go execute. And so we probably sign them 
I would say about three years ago, and they went from like two to three million to like about ten over over that time period. So yeah, about a three x, a uh, little bit more than three x. Um, and so yeah, generally that's where I think we we are really successful is like kind of working with brands or influencers, manufacturers, and then basically helping them scale specifically on the platform. Yeah. So obviously, you know, I would say folks are probably interested in tactically, you know, what does this end up looking like? Is it, are you having to do a lot of groundwork first or kind of like, you know, kind of taking a look at the branding and the positioning, you know, how are their products displayed within Amazon? Or is it just like, all right, let's run a bunch of ads and just test, mm-hmm. test, 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 test. Yeah, it's a good question. Uh, I would say it's a combination of both, I think. So if you're an early stage brand, so let's say that not a people, a lot, a lot of people are familiar with you yet. And so they're not really searching for you. Then you have to face. So actually, let me take a step back. So there's two types of keywords generally. So there's non-branded and branded. So branded is exactly what it sounds like, right? You're searching for Apple AirPods or you're looking specifically for a brand. And then, so that works for brands that have, um, you know, a lot of brand recognition. They're maybe already in retail. They're spending a lot on like Facebook and TikTok. And so people are going to Amazon specifically searching for them. A lot of the brands, uh, some of the brands we work with are in that situation, but the majority are kind of in that like one to 5 million a year. They haven't necessarily built all that brand recognition yet. And so what they're going to have to do is come up with a strategy of how do you rank on the non-branded keywords? And then that means it's it's a more generic thing. Could be like, I don't know, HDMI cable or like mm-hmm. turmeric supplement. And so then it's about uh, exactly kind of what you were saying is like, how do you position this product to be different than all the other turmeric supplements out there? Yeah, right, right. And then, so yeah, we do a ton of data analysis with our design team, kind of like taking your top three competitors, like their main image, because the main image is, is basically one of the most important pieces of your Amazon presence naturally, because it leads to a higher click-through rate, which is just yeah. a percentage of people that click on it. And then we'll run like online focus groups. So showing like your main image against like um, your top three competitors, wow. you send like a few hundred people to vote, which one would you buy if you're looking for an anti-inflammatory supplement? And wow. then they'll give us feedback of like, oh, I like this packaging or I don't like that it includes this. And then that helps us um, make kind of obviously more data-driven decisions. Well, Fernando, you're saying that it's it brand and image matters and, you know, to <laughs> yeah. consumers. Imagine that. Yeah. But, you know, I think about how many of, you know, us as business owners maybe don't take the time to actually test stuff totally. like, you know, which image do we lead with? You know, when we're talking about just an HDMI cable, you know, mm-hmm. just like, I don't know, take a picture of the thing, put it, you know. <laughs> which totally. is probably the, you know, the first thought, but yeah, it's, you know, when I look at, you know, myself as a consumer and I'm, you know, just kind of thinking of my own, you know, buying habits. Yeah. Like I, I want to, what I don't want to buy is something that just, I don't want to buy something that looks sketchy. Right. Totally. Like, mm-hmm. and so get out of the sketchy zone to begin with. Um, so let's say now that someone's got, you know they've they've done the research like they they know that the the that the, that they are leading with some great brand images. I you know I really didn't think about the importance of that first kind of that that um uh, what am I thinking of? What did you call it? the the image that Click comes the in the search? Oh, the main What's image, that? yeah, the main image. Yeah, yeah, the main image is going to come in the search results. Uh, and then I would imagine also you know testing how you describe it. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and and then so let's say that you've got that lockdown. Um, do you then just say, okay, well, you know, now we want to play within the Amazon infrastructure well, and and I don't really understand how Amazon's kind of advertising works. Um, can mm-hmm. you give us maybe just a quick overview of, of you know, for someone that's maybe not, uh, you know, doesn't have products on Amazon, like how it is to work with them? Yeah. Uh, I mean, Amazon's phenomenal. Like they're constantly introducing new and new advertising features. The, um, you know, the like the, the most common way of spending on advertising is like sponsored products. And so it's all keyword based, very similar to Google. But it's like, yeah, again, like you're searching HDMI cable or immunity supplement, things like that. And then you're going to show up in different ads. You can have like the the headline search bar, which is like the like the top of search ad. Um, And then there's a a bunch of different placements. There's video and search. Um, And then Amazon, you know, probably a few years ago released DSP. Um, which like, allows a lot more of a kind of Facebook style targeting, um, kind of doing more top of the funnel stuff. So uh, retargeting people that have uh, looked at your listing before, uh, focusing on people that are new to brand. But yeah, they've they've got a, an entire suite. And what's amazing is they're starting to even expand now with, uh, outside of people with products on Amazon. And so I think that's going to be like the next crazy thing is that they're thinking bigger than the marketplace itself, which is, which is cool, but it could be like to cars or to insurance companies. And so I think it's going to be like completely different because, you know, you think about Amazon owns all these amazing properties, right? Whether it's Twitch or, you know, um, you know, prime video, all that kind of stuff. And so it's only, I think, still really early days in just in terms of uh-huh. what you'll see in terms of the Amazon platform. You know, the distribution network is now that, I mean, they've built it to the level it is right now. And again, it's only going to get, you know, better and better and better. You know, I saw like, um, you know, an, a cannabis is, you know, going to potentially be a play for Amazon. They're involved in that. Uh, a lot, a lot, of, a lot of really interesting things to watch. Um, now, you know, as of when we are recording this, there was a couple of headlines about Amazon doing some cutbacks and, and you had some takes on that. Would you mind, again, this is, you know, in that it may take us a little while before we get this published, but as sure. of where we're right now, I don't want yeah. to say looking in the crystal ball, but what's kind of your take on some of the headlines that you've seen in terms of like Amazon putting a hiring freeze or, you know, again, cutting back on some of their workforce? Yeah, it's a great question. So I, mean, I think the first thing is that naturally COVID accelerated e-commerce, right? They were saying mm-hmm. that it basically skipped like approximately 15 years of, of growth. And so, uh, you know, most people thought that that would just kind of either continue or kind of like slow bound to the old growth. But what it ended up turning out is that it kind of regressed back to the mean in terms of as if uh, e-commerce had just continued to grow like in a linear line from COVID is kind of where it's, it's moved back. So I think just naturally, last year there was all the supply chain issues um, and everything. Else. So basically, everyone was trying to ship in inventory earlier this year to kind of learn from the mistakes. Mm. But then now a lot of the fulfillment facilities uh, are full, and so and they're kind of projecting a lower Q4 than what they had um, they had originally kind of forecasted. And so I think those are a lot of like the big reasons. But on top of that, it's like, you know, I think a lot of big tech is just really focused on profitability right now, just kind of knowing that most likely there's going to be like this kind of impending recession. And then because of that, 
Uh, I think they're just trying to boost their profitability, um, you know, for their shareholders. I, I see that you also work with your clients um, with within Walmart's infrastructure as well. Um, what are some of the big or the key differences between Amazon and Walmart? And also, too, would you mind maybe just talking just a bit about what is Walmart doing? Because I, I, I typically, you know, I just, I just. I go to Amazon for everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I haven't really been paying attention to what Walmart's up to. Uh, can help me out. Yeah, it's a good question. So, I mean, Walmart is just really behind and they've invested billions and billions. Like they bet they bought like jet.com probably like five, six years ago. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's challenging truthfully with, you know, Amazon having AWS, which is kind of like a secret weapon, just ja- generating so much cash. And then they can redeploy a lot of that cash into these fulfillment centers, which end up being such a huge, huge competitive advantage. And then, you know, they kind of force everyone to expect, uh, you know, one or two day shipping, right? Like now you can sometimes you can get your product the same day. It's like, it's so crazy just like how instantaneous Amazon can be. And so Walmart on the other side, I think they're just, uh, they're a little, or I mean, actually a lot behind in terms of traffic in terms of their content management system. It's very buggy, truthfully. Um, but the realistic thing is that you'll probably end up with maybe probably two to 4% of your Amazon sales on Walmart. So it's a vast, vast difference. But they're hoping to close the gap. And I think a lot of the way that they're they're kind of luring sellers is like, if your product does well on walmart.com, then you can get into stores, which is obviously where a ton of the volume is. And so I, I have yet to see that really like fully happen, but if they do kind of start making that transition of like the top sellers go from Walmart.com into stores, I think that's going to be massive in terms of, um, in terms of an actual draw for a lot of sellers. Cause right now the numbers are just too small typically, unless you're at a pretty large size to make it worthwhile. Yeah. Um, okay. And so when somebody, um, let's say someone's listening to us and they're like, yeah, you know, we've got some products on Amazon. It's, yeah, we feel like we should be breaking out a little bit. Like what does engagement look like with marketplace ops? Like how do you begin that relationship? How do you explore to figure out if it's a match? Yeah, it's a good question. Uh, so we'll, we'll typically start off with like an introductory call, just getting an understanding of, you know, the goals of the client, what are the challenges they're facing, um, yeah, like who they've worked with in the past and kind of what was working, what wasn't. And then afterwards, we'll actually get typically access to their account and we'll do a full audit, kind of looking at everything from the content to like the backend keywords, uh, to their advertising strategy, trying to look at historically, like have they remained in stock, things like that. And just trying to figure out what are the the opportunities for growth and like what would be like the roadmap, assuming that we were working together. And then we'll put together a proposal. And then usually review that with their leadership team, and then um, and then assuming that they um, they decide to sign on, then we'll have two calls. And so first we have we call it like the day zero call, which is our kind of uh, kickoff call for the engagement, uh, introducing the brand manager and like the point of contact that helped uh, basically um, kind of like sign the deal. But basically the, the main thing that we're doing is we're actually establishing like what it's like going to be to work with us. Like what is like the, the call frequency, like the cadences, what the reporting is going to look like, um, you know, what uh, what ends up like driving like the best partnerships between a client. And then they obviously have time, a chance for questions. And meanwhile, we're actually putting together um, 
the, the OKRs. So the annual goals for the client and then the, the, the first quarter clients, uh, sorry, the first quarter OKRs as well for the client. And yeah. then um, a week later, we'll do the, the what we call like the day one call. And that's like when the engagement really starts. And that's where we kind of lay out like, okay, here's a roadmap. And then uh, for this is where we want to end the year at. This is where we uh, what we're committing to um, for Q1 and then or for the first quarter that we're working together. And then this is a way that they like sign off on it and then they can hold us accountable to hitting these metrics. And so generally, that's kind of what like an engagement will look like for us. Yeah. You know, I love that you've got this um, comparison chart here, this because because this is really helpful for clarity, um, you know, it, you know, working with marketplace ops versus maybe comparable agencies or one person agencies or an internal team. Um, do you mind maybe just, you know, uh, you know, where does where does marketplace ops really shine, uh, you know, when it comes to working with someone that can help me with my e-com goals? Totally. Yeah. Um... So I think, you know, with Amazon being such a huge marketplace, naturally everyone becomes a consultant and <laughs> whether you've, you know, like read a book or whether you just like intern, you just joined a company as an intern, been there for two weeks, everyone's a, you know, an expert now. And so I think what we've seen is that, you know, the, the level of expert varies quite widely. I'm sure in your space and every pretty, pretty much every space. And so I think generally a lot of people can create nice listings, right? It's it's not um, that challenging, I think, to, to, to hire a graphic designer, right, today. Um, you know, most people can handle support. Most people can handle supply chain. Um, advertising, there's a lot of strategy there. So I would say that is kind of where you start really kind of separating uh, skill set, I, I would say. But those are kind of like, the basics of Amazon. And, and it, truthfully, at this point, because it's so competitive, if if you were to think about ranking all those to like one through 10, if you're not an eight, nine or 10 in all of the, those buckets that I just mentioned, yeah. like you're not going to probably do well because at this point, like it's just, there's so much fierce competition, so much institutional funds have come into the space that you need to be really excelling. But I think where, you know, now where we kind of differentiate more is we have proprietary technology project sling that kind of helps you um yeah basically it helps you rank the product we we also use uh the tool to do a lot of the kind of more of the data driven decisions like the online focus groups that i mentioned earlier yep. taking your main image and comparing that to your um to competitors but so much of it is like yeah around like the reporting that we provide and then honestly like this strategic side I, I mean, we've now uh, we've built brands ourselves that sell over 30 million a year. We've sold hundreds of millions on the platform. And so I think it's that level of expertise of ha having scaled brands from like two to 3 million to 10. That is like actually the, the big differentiator because we know how to get to where you want to be versus like someone that just learned, if that makes sense. Yeah, for sure. Okay. My, uh, marketplaceops.com. When someone goes there, what should they click on? What do they do? Oh, that's a good question. Um, yeah, I mean, probably the resources. I mean, I think we have a we have a lot of great resources, whether it's like the blog or the directory. Um, they can listen to like the podcast. And then I mean, if they're interested in learning more, like they're uh they're more than welcome to obviously like you know fill out a form and, and chat with us and yeah, just see if we can be helpful in terms of providing some insight. 
Yeah, fantastic. Awesome. And congrats, by the way, for Inc. 5000, uh, for the uh, Entrepreneur 360 as well. Uh, you guys are clearly doing great stuff. So again, Fernando Campos, uh, co-founder, Marketplace Ops, found on the web at marketplaceops.com. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks so much, Josh. Thanks for listening to the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Show. If you are a thoughtful business owner or professional who would like to be on this daily program, please visit upmyinfluence.com slash guest. If you're a listener, I'd love to shout out your business to our whole audience for free. You can do that by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts or join our listener Facebook group. Just search for The Thoughtful Entrepreneur in Facebook. I'd love even if you just stopped by to say hi. I'd love to meet you. We believe that every person has a message that can positively impact the world. We love our community who listens and shares our program every day. Together, we are empowering one another as thoughtful entrepreneurs. Hit subscribe so that tomorrow morning, that's right, seven days a week, you are going to be inspired and motivated to succeed. I promise to bring positivity and inspiration to you for around 15 minutes each day. Thanks for listening and thank you for being a part of the Thoughtful Entrepreneur Movement. Thank you.